I'd like for you to uh, turn to the Old Testament in Daniel. Daniel, the second chapter, and uh, verse 44, which is a passage there on your outline. We're talking about the strength of the church. Uh, It is important that we think about the things that make the church strong. I know that all of us want that. God wants that. Uh, It is the Lord's desire, His wish, that we be strong, that we be the fulfillment of his great plan. Over in the book of Daniel, and Daniel was uh, recording the happening of the 70 years that they were in uh, captivity. And he was one of the men that was uh, saved. He was thrown to a lion's den. Uh, God heard him and uh, delivered him, and uh, he is an outstanding person who gives to us a message. He speaks of the kingdom that we are a member of today uh, when he, he speaks in the 44th verse there of the second chapter. And in the days of these kings, now, the king saw a vision, and his vision was of a man, and the man was made of different uh, metals, including the iron and the clay of the one that he's mentioning here. And it represented the kingdoms that would come before Christ came. And uh, this, is what the, uh, this is what the message before this in the second chapter is all about. And when he comes to the end of this, uh, of this uh, prophecy that was to be fulfilled in the days of the Roman kings, uh, this is the time the church was established. In the 44th verse, and in the days of these kings, this is in the kings of the, that we know now, it's the fourth one. It's the fourth part, the 40th verse. The man was divided into four parts. And the fourth part kingdom shall be strong as iron, for as much as iron breaketh in pieces, and subdueth all things. And as iron that breaketh all these, shall it break in pieces and bruise. And whereas thou sawest the feet and the toes, part of potter clay and part of iron, the kingdom shall be divided. There, but there shall be in it of the strength of iron, for as much as thou sawest the iron mixed with miry clay. And as the toes of the feet were part of iron and part of clay, so the kingdom shall be partly strong and partly broken. And as whereas thou sawest iron mixed with miry clay, they shall mingle themselves with the seed of men, and they shall not cleave one to another, even as iron is not mixed with clay. Now, this is a time that the Roman kings are ruling, but we understand also that the Jewish kingdom was ruling, and... uh, they had quite strength, but they, they didn't have the strength over the Roman kings. But it's in the days of these kings that the God of heaven shall set up a kingdom which shall never be destroyed. And the kingdom shall not be left to another people, but it shall break in pieces and consume all these kingdoms. And it shall stand forever. For as much as thou sawest that the stone was cut out of the mountain without hands, 
and that it break in pieces the iron and the brass and the clay and the silver and the gold. And that's all four kingdoms before it. It overcame all of those, beginning with the Medes and the Persians, all the way down uh, to the, uh, the time of, of the Roman kings. The great God hath made known to the king what shall come to pass hereafter. And the dream is certain, and the interpretation thereof is sure. Then the king Nebuchadnezzar fell upon his face, and worshipped Daniel, and commanded that they should offer an oblation and sweet odors unto him. The king answered unto Daniel, O, and said, Of a truth it is that your God is a God of gods, and a Lord of kings, and a revealer of secrets. Seest thou couldst reveal this secret. Then the king made Daniel a great man, and gave him many great gifts, and made him ruler over the whole province of Babylon, and uh, chiefs of the governor over all the wise men of Babylon. Then Daniel requested of the king, and he said, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, uh, over the affairs of the province of Babylon, but Daniel sat in the gate of the king. It just shows how God can take his people out in a land that by a wicked king, and then he can intervene, and he can give his choice people the power and the rulership, and he can save his people. Now, it was not only uh, Daniel and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, but it was during this time that, uh, that Esther, <clears throat> at the end of this time, that Esther rose when the Jews were just about to be destroyed. The Jews were about to be destroyed, and God saved uh, the Jewish nation, and they came back. And when they came back, this 44th verse was fulfilled when Jesus came in the flesh. And uh, let's look at Matthew, uh, the 13th chapter, uh, just to talk about the kingdom and Jesus' uh, vision of the kingdom uh, and uh, his desire that it, uh, that it grow. And he had so many parables that he told about uh, uh, the kingdom and uh, what would happen. And in that 13th chapter, the, the 31st and the 32nd verses, he said, Another parable put he forth unto them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is like unto a grain of mustard seed, which a man took and sowed in the field, which indeed is the least of all seeds, but when it is grown, it is the greatest herb among herbs, and becometh a tree, so that the birds of the air come and lodge in the branches thereof. Now, that's just one of many parables that Jesus said and was telling us about the power of the kingdom. And it's so, it, it, the word of God is a seed, Luke 8 11. And we need to sow it in the hearts and minds of people. And today, we have uh, uh, six billion people on the face of the earth, and less than a third of them are believers in Jesus Christ, not to speak of whether they are accepting the Bible and Christ as the true teachings or not. It's just a third. Now, you just stop and think, we need to pray, we need to understand God's power is still available, and that he can help us to inform people. There's God-given principles. One of them is that God is at work. And God wants to help us to enlarge the kingdom and to, and to help people to understand him. And uh, it must be applied. These must be applied to really bring strength. And that's what we want to know. Uh, 
three things I have mentioned. It's not in large number. It's not in wealth. It's not in superorganization that makes it strong. But it's in, uh, I choose to just mention four things. It's, it's a membership that's taught in the Word of God. It's a membership that's united. It's a membership that's devoted. And it's a membership that's working with vision. Now, we can get caught up in a lot of other things and a lot of excuses and a lot of uh, thinking that will destroy uh, what God wants done. We need to, let's just concentrate upon, upon this first point. It's not in numbers. I know numbers is important, and it's great. And I know we're discouraged when we don't have a lot of numbers. And that just makes it that much uh, more uh, demanding upon our part that say, where's our strength? Our strength is in God. And our strength is in reaching out to numbers because they're lost souls. And it's very important. Numbers are very important. But when we don't have numbers, we just need to understand that we still have the strength and we still have the power and we need to share it. Uh, we should work for uh, giving uh, the message and the power that we have in Christ to other people. And, uh, but numbers in and of themselves is not strength. If, if we're just depending on that, then we're, we're really uh, just looking at the, the physical things. Now, turn over in... Uh, Judges, the seventh chapter. I just want to touch with that uh, uh, for just a minute, and 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 you've heard this old this a lot of times, but I think it's just good for us to look at this and sort of read it and see it. You know, uh, the first chapter. I mean, uh, the first verse there in the seventh chapter of Judges. It says, "Then Jerubbabel, who is Gideon." And all the people that were with him rose up early and pitched beside the well of Herod, so that the host of the Midianites were on the north side of them, but the hill of Morah in the valley. And the Lord said unto Gideon, The people that are with thee are too many for me to give the Midianites into their hands. Lest Israel vaunt themselves against me, saying, Mine own strength hath saved me. So we need to understand the hazardness of having numbers, lest we get caught up in pride, thinking that the numbers is the power. Now, therefore, go to proclaim in the ears of the people, saying, Whosoever is fearful and afraid, let him return and depart early from Mount Gilead. And there returned of the people twenty and two thousand, and there remained ten thousand. Now, twenty-two thousand were afraid. They went home. I think we need to take an inventory, and if we're afraid and we're, we're depressed and we're despondent and we're talking negative and we're saying, well, I tell you, we'll never do anything. I don't know what's wrong with anything. You know, things are just falling apart, and the kingdom is just this and this and this. We may be among those fearful people that's causing the trouble. We get in our own way a lot of times. And he just said, we don't need that kind of people among us. Just send them home. And the Lord said unto Gideon, The people are still too many. For what you trying to teach us, God, trying to teach us that the strength is in God. Bring them down into the water, and I will try them uh, for, uh, for you there. I want to test them again. And it shall be that of whom I say unto thee, Then shalt go with thee, and the same shall go with thee, and for whomsoever I say unto thee, This shall go with thee, the same shall go with thee. He said, I'll just tell you how to determine who will go and who won't go. 
He said, when you bring those people down to the water, and the Lord said unto Gideon, everyone that lappeth of the water with his tongue as a dog lappeth, him shall thou set by himself. Likewise, everyone that boweth down upon his knees to drink, and the number of them that lapped, putting their hands to their mouth, were three hundred men. But all the men of the people bowed down upon their knees to drink water. And the Lord said unto Gideon, By the three hundred men that lappeth will I save you, and deliver the Midianites into thy hands, and let all the people go every man to his place. Now, so the people, they took vittles in their hand and their trumpets, and he sent them, all the rest of, the, of Israel, every man unto his tent, and retained those 300 men, and the host of Midian was beneath him in the valley. And you know what he did? He divided those three men into a hundred each. And he also put a torch, and he put a... a a thing to put it in, but the noise of what they did before they did that and the torch that they had caused people to think, plus the dream that he had them to have, it caused people to turn against themselves and God gave the battle uh, to Gideon. Now, God has many ways of touching people's hearts and, and perhaps we, we take on ourselves too much of the burden to convert people and not to share the death, the burial, and the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ as Lord and King. When we go in, we ought not to be thinking about what I have to do, but what the person has to do is to believe in Jesus and to believe that he's the present, he's still Lord, and he's their Lord, and he has eternal life. And if a person's out of that life, he's out of the Lord. He's out of, he's out of salvation. And it's just an exciting thing. We need to be caught up in that. Small group dedicated plus God's equal power. And uh, in the first century, there was a small group that preached the gospel over the whole earth. And you think about the entire population of the world at that time, and uh, there wasn't that many people compared now. But at the same time, he took 12 people, and he began to preach until it, it, it went over the, the Roman Empire. And God can do it, and it wasn't an easy thing. He hazarded a lot of people's lives, and a lot of them lost their heads. James, uh, in the book of Acts, and others, uh, Stephen was stoned, and others went into the eternity. But God spread the kingdom in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria, uttermost parts of the earth. Now, he's still the God he said he was. Christ is still the Lord of our lives. And it's possibly, if we're not growing as we should, it's partly because we don't claim the power that they had then. The second point is that we want to say it's not the number then and it's not the wealth. Now, we think about, we do a lot of thinking about the money. And there's a lot of, of feelings hurt and there's a lot of people offended probably when we talk about the expense of the church. Uh, now, wealth can be uh, a tool and it can be uh, worth a lot. And uh, God blessed people and, and the people he blessed in the Old Testament faith, he made them rich when they had faith. It wasn't that their richness was or made them righteous, but God made them uh, prosperous because he wanted them to do what he wanted to do. Uh, the church may have money, 
but it may be weak because of money, because a lot of people may turn to worldliness. They may turn to physical and temporal things uh, that they think satisfies them. Now, Laodicea uh, in chapter 3 of Revelation was a rich church, but it was one of the less spiritual churches in the seven churches. And Jesus said, it just breaks my heart and just makes me want to vomit because of your indifference. And he said, I wish that you would uh, just get some eyesight from me and, and I would heal your eyes where you could see because you're, you're not seeing. And, and they were rich, but they had failed to understand the spirituality. So it's not everything. You know, John, he wrote at the latter part of the first century, and he said, love not the world, neither things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in it. So love, love the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the vainglory of life, they're not of the Father, but they're of the world. And he, he said, anybody that loves the world, he'll, he'll pass away. But he that doeth the will of the Lord shall last forever. And it's still true today. You know, we, we need to understand uh, that the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. And in 1 Timothy, the sixth chapter, he said, we brought nothing in this world. We don't take anything out. Having food and clothing, let us be there with content. And, uh, and that's true. And he, and he said, I've been poor in that sixth chapter of 1 Timothy. And he said, I've had a lot of things and, and I have had nothing. And he said, God took care of me all the time. And I learned in whatever state I was in, I was, I was going to uh, master it. And so sometimes wealth hinders. You know, we have a lot of, uh, there's a lot of strings attached to giving. And we, we put a lot of, of, of uh, we a lot of time quarrel over money and have fallouts and have hurt feelings and all those things because of the managing of money. We ought not to do that. We ought to be very careful. It's God's money, and we ought to thank him for it. And we ought to never disagree on how to spend God's money. But it's all God's money. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills, and he owns the silver and the gold, or his, the Old Testament says. And we ought to just give as we are prospered, and uh, we won't have any trouble as far as that. But it's not the money that makes it grow. It's the way we use our closeness with him and put our trust in him. And then if we have money, and we ought to always give to God what it just breaks my heart to see people. And a lot of time I talk with them. And I say, you know, I don't know why that you can't understand that in the Old Testament, people gave a tenth. And whoever changed it? Oh, what? we're not supposed to do that. Well, who changed it? Well, that's unheard of. We don't do that. Church of Christ doesn't do that. The Church of Christ is the body of Christ, and the body of Christ in his prophecy was in the Old Testament. And he schooled them for 1,500 years on giving the tenth. And then he turned around and said, if your righteousness doesn't exceed the righteousness of the first prophecy, you can't enter the kingdom of heaven. But he said... It's not the tithing. Well, they tithe little old mint and cunning and, and little old spices. And he says, love and mercy and justice is the main thing. But he said, you ought not to lift that undone. That's Jesus saying, you ought not to lift that undone. If he said, you ought not to lift that undone, then you ought not to leave it undone. And then if he taught it in Hebrews, where that they, he was comparing Christ to the Levites, 
And he said, it's not the Levitical priesthood, it's Christ. And then he showed how much greater that is. How could you start with any less? So I said, well, he's not able. Well, that's up to you. If, if you don't have faith in the power of God to claim his power when you recognize him at others, then that's your problem. He's taught you. He's taught you even before the law was written with, with old Abraham. And, uh, but that's enough. It's not in wealth. It's not in numbers. It's not in super-organization. You know, somebody says, well, we just need to organize. We need to do this. We need to do that. Organization is fine as long as you keep it in, in the grounds of what God has. And he has designated in 1 Timothy 3 and Titus 1 to have elders and deacons and to work together and each one have their, uh, their qualifications and I'll tell you, if you don't have qualifications in these offices, you're going to suffer. You're going to suffer. And you don't need any other organization, but just elders that'll work and that'll study and that'll be elders that's written and, are, and, and, and emphasized in those, in those uh, uh, teachings. And it'll work. And if they work together and we respect them and we study uh, the weakness comes from going beyond this, not because of this. But now let's touch up twelve, four things. Uh, really, the strength of a church is 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 the where it begins is uh, is is the word being taught, and uh, uh, there is there is where it all begins is being strong in what's being taught. You know, in Hosea four and six. Uh, for emphasis, I want you to turn over there, if we will, in Hosea. Uh, that's one of the minor prophets. And uh, it's Hosea, the fourth chapter, and verse 6. And if you don't get any other passage than that for the lesson, I think it would be worth your time. But Hosea is saying here uh, that uh, my people, in the fourth chapter and the sixth verse, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Because thou hast rejected knowledge, I will reject thee. But thou shalt be no priest to me, seeing thou hast forgotten the law of thy God. I will forget thy children. As they were increased, so they sinned against me. Therefore will I change their glory into shame. And... Uh, the ninth verse says, And there shall be like people, like priests, and I will punish them for their ways and reward them of their doings. So uh, it goes to, we can talk about a lot of things that keeps the church weak. And we may miss it. But we won't miss it if we, if we key in on that. Uh, a strong, strong church is a, is a church that really gets into the word of God and knows it and uh, studies it. And uh, without the Word, we don't walk in, in the light of God's knowledge and His directions. And in, in Romans, the 10th chapter, and verse 17, we can all quote that from memory. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the... You want a strong, faithful co congregation? You just need a congregation that's into the study of, of the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and they're so familiar with them till they're just familiar with Christ. And they're so familiar with the book of Acts 
until they can just see Christ acting through those actors, Peter and Paul. Peter was the dominant character in the first 13 chapters, 12, and, and Paul is the dominant character in the last. And the people who are strong in the church who can reach out to others is a person who understands those. And the epistles that are written, uh, you look at 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. He said the word of God. He said, from a child has known the scriptures which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. For he said the word of God, all scriptures inspired of God is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness that the man of God might be complete, completely furnished unto every good work. Now, we have a lot of, of rage today uh, because people are out of line with God's teaching in the, the Word of God. We have a lot of people that are rebelling against the idea that we would teach people to follow the Word of God in order to have a better nation. But that's just going to be as long as the old devil's in control. The only thing that we can do is to train our children and have schools and teaching where the Word of God is the text. And we can teach them and train them in his teaching. And uh, uh, the second... Uh, our needs. Uh, in Second Timothy, the second chapter and verse 15, he said, you study the Word. You study. Study to show yourself approved. Study. 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 Well, just repeat that. Study. 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 What is it to study? It's to really be up on the Word. That Word in the original language is to know up on it. It's to be up on it and to be well read. So, really, the strong church is not necessarily made up of numbers. It's not necessarily made up of wealthy people. It's not necessarily a super organization. It's just that which is written in God's Word. But it's people who are taught, and it's people who are united. If the devil is having a heyday today, he's having it in the church of our Lord, where people are doing things, saying things, and acting in such a way as to cause disharmony. There is strength in unity. Jesus prayed before he went to the cross that we might be one. And we should never forget that, and we should always have that picture before our mind. The most powerful picture that we can keep in our mind that is God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Our God is plural. He's made up of three people. They're individual. The Spirit is, is rapidly filling those and working in those who believe in him, Jesus is the king. He's there too. He's represented by that spirit that's in us. And God the Father is pleased when we acknowledge the unity that's among our Godhead. The unity is accomplished by teamwork, all going in the same direction. Now, if we just let, uh, when we disagree with somebody, if we let that disagreement and our differences destroy us, we need to read. Let's go over to Ephesians, the fourth chapter. Go to Ephesians. Then this is what it is to be <clears throat> uh, trained in God's Word. You know, God's Word keeps you from making uh, wrong decisions. It's because that you, that's the reason why an elder has to be a, a well-read man. The reason he has to be a bi good Bible student is because he, he has the answer here. Look at that third chapter, I mean that fourth chapter, the three through six. You keep the, you endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. Or when there's disunity, our job is to keep people united. 
Now, the reason we do that, that four, third verse, is because there is one body, there's one spirit, even if you call one hope you call there's one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who is above all and through all and in you all. That's the unity that we have. And uh, you look at that seventh verse. But unto every one of us is given grace according to the yardstick and the measure of the gift that Jesus gives us to work in harmony, and he's, that's what his design is. And so unity is, is uh, among the members is one of the strong points. We all go in the same direction. In 1 Corinthians, the first chapter and 10, he said that there to be no divisions among you, but that you all be of the same mind, one toward another. Isn't that wonderful? That's a strength of the church. You think a church is... It is strong when people just look at each other and differ and won't even speak to one another. They differ and they won't talk about the differences and all that. No, that, that's the devil working. We love each other. We're close to each other. It, it, much, we must work easy uh, uh, to get along and easy to go forward. The strength is in the, a taught membership. The strength is in the united membership. A strength is in a devoted membership. You know, many fail because their heart is weak and, uh, and is not uh, into the work. How can a person say, well, I know I wasn't there. I went somewhere else. Uh, anyway, I'm not interested. Well, that's taking a message. That's a message, isn't it? That's a message for you. And how many of us are in prayer saying, say, our hearts are out here. We're all one body. We need each other. The strength is in our unity and is our devotedness. You know, even error grows when people are devoted to the error. We know the nominational people, the Jehovah's Witnesses and the, and the Mormons. They have a lot of conversions just because that they're devoted to what they believe, even though we know that it's incorrect. But they just don't give up and they just keep on. Well, the same way with truth. When you're devoted and when you're consecrated and when you're faithful and when you're there, it helps. You know, every Christian uh, should be de devoted. Look at that Acts. We're studying that uh, Acts uh, in the morning services, and it's a, it's a wonderful study. And it uh, gives strength to us. But in that, uh, this is when the first, the church began to be. And you look at that fourth chapter and the 34th through the 37th verse. Neither was there any among them that lacked. For as many as were possessors of lands and houses sold them and brought the prices of the things that were sold and laid them down at the apostles' feet and distribution was made unto every man according as he needed. And Jose, or Josie, who by the apostles was surnamed Barnabas, which is being interpreted the son of consolation, a Levite and of the country of Cyprus, having land, sold it and brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. Of course, he shouldn't have had that money anyway. He was a Levite and he was free, so he, he, he it was wonderful, but he was one of the most encouraging persons uh, that we have in the New Testament. But uh, he helped people to be devoted. And that Acts, uh, uh, look at that Acts 8 and verse 4, where he talks there and says, 
Therefore, they scattered abroad. They went everywhere preaching the word. It just wasn't a few of them, and it wasn't just people who decided, well, I'm going to preach the word, and somebody's going to do something. They were sharing it with one another. So it's a devoted membership. And last of all, it's a membership working with vision. There is strength in growth, and growth is not possible without work and vision. And you know the proverb says, where, where the, uh, there is no vision, the people perish. Uh, you know, Jesus accomplished his mission after a long period of growth and, I mean, of planning. He planned a long time. And uh, I'm sure that uh, his being human and divine, and of course he was being, uh, of course, guided by the Spirit and by the Father, and he did no sin. But it was a great challenge to him uh, to not rush that. But he, he let God plan it, and, and everything was time. And uh, we must not sit back and just think growth will take care of itself. Uh, we can't lose ground. We've got to reach out, and we've got to uh, get our minds together, and we've got to plan uh, the work to uh, share the gospel with people, and we've got to work the plan that we have. And the plan is, is just to share it with somebody. Just to share it with somebody. And just pray for God to give us wisdom to reach out and to assist them. You know, Galatians 5 and 6 says, it's the faith that works through love. Now, faith doesn't work through hate or resentment or disagreement. Faith works through love. And we overlook. And we work together. And we go forward. And uh, we can certainly win the world to Christ when we understand he needs all the, he, we give him all the credit and all the glory. And the main thing is lost souls to be saved. Many don't plan to become strong and a great worker, and as a result, they don't become that. You know, our minds, Paul said in the third chapter of Philippians, he said, this one thing I do, forget about the things that are back behind. And I press forward to fraud, prize, and the mark of the high calling of God. He looked forward. And, and he could see in that first chapter, he said, I'd like to go home. I'd like to depart and be with Christ. It's much better up there than it is here. It'd be far better for me if I could do that. Now, that's how, faith, how great his faith was. But he said, it'd be better for me to stay here and to share what the Holy Spirit is doing for me in through me to give you guidance. So he said, I'll just, I choose what I choose I do not know. But he says, hey, I'll just deliver myself to the Lord. And in the third chapter, he said, I've learned in whatsoever state I am to be content. And whether I've had a lot or whether I haven't had anything, that God will give me strength and I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And my God will supply all of my needs. And he said to the Corinthian brethren, he said, God who, uh, talking about how he could bless him, he said, God that supplies bread for food and seed for sowing is able to supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the fruits of your righteousness, that you may be abound unto every good work. God can do that, and we can have a great, strong church. We need, we need strong churches to fight against the devil. And... Uh, uh, the question is, are you helping the church to be strong? Are you helping the Lord? And are you on his team? 
And are you asking him to see yourself as you really are? And if you need to make confession and pray to God and have strength, we welcome you. If you need to believe in him, confess your sins, and be baptized, we're welcome you as we stand together and sing.